Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Bang, bang, pizza calls, smack him a gob. It is the pod fluid with the fiddle faddles. And I am Dr. Fuck. Well, actually, I'm Terrence. And with me is... Oh, yeah, the rock sponge, Godzilla. Yeah, we got friends. <laughs> In the real world. In the real world. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dude, what's going on there, Ian? It's been a while, uh, huh? We've been postponing many shows. Yes, yes, uh, a lot has happened. Uh, mostly on my end, uh, I had a birthday... I had uh, your favorite person in the world, my mom, come for a visit. Uh, yeah, I uh, I lost Tommy the cat. Oh, and... oh, what, you ran away? Yeah, no, no, he OD'd. It died? Uh, oh, poor Tommy. Yeah. Rest in peace, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, uh, well, that was a hard one. I, I put, uh, you know, he, he, I think, I believe he had a stroke, and I, I had to put him down. Um. But I, I put something up on the Facebook page, and you know, most people, you know, just posting their condolences or memories of Tommy, and uh, and Ron Dirtmitz put a uh, OD and a question mark. <laughs> but you know, you know what? I, I had to laugh. I, I had to laugh. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, so that happened, and also uh, a job change. So I've had a lot of shit. A lot of shit happened. So. You got a different job? Well, I got promoted, believe it or not. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, man, somebody needs to investigate that company. Yeah. I'm fucking management, man. Holy shit. <laughs> You're not in charge of building stuff, are you? Oh, God, no. Cool. No. Thank God. People are, safe. <laughs> People are safe in their houses now. But, uh... You know, never underestimate the power of blackmail and taking a picture of somebody with a Filipino boy. Oh, man. Get you, hey, get hey how, how, do you, how do you think I got on this show? How, what, is <laughs> it, what is it about you getting pictures of men with Filipino boys, like more than one? That's odd. Hey, hey, they're photogenic. What can I say? <laughs> I can just imagine if you were in charge of building buildings and you see a guy that... You see a guy that walks into his apartment with a Sammy Hagar shirt. <laughs> you're gonna like, you're totally gonna uh, like set it up where the where the wall falls, the fucking roof falls <laughs> on his bed at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah but oopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff uh, came up. That's why we've been off. No, uh, don't start any rumors we just had a lot of shit going on and then you had a concert as well we had to postpone one I, week. I had a concert to go to and then the last time we were going to record I, I got my period so yes yes and, that happened and sand was in it <laughs> by the way that, i do have a, i do have a vagina now I, I i this is big news i didn't go oh. get operation and get my dick uh cut off all i had to do was listen to the new Def Leppard. Bram! This fucking vagina popped out and my dick flew, man. Now, now I got a vagina. <laughs> Good thing we're fluid here on pod fluid. On pod fluid. <laughs> oh, 
but man, so much stuff has happened while we were gone. Uh, deaths and crazy Kiss tribute concerts and and an oldie but a goodie. We got attacked again by somebody who said they would never ever talk about us again. You mean the person that said he'd never talk about us again like over 50 times? <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> and I mean, he just doesn't get it. If he only knew the truth of the matter that all his, all the views that he gets are from people that are into our show and everybody is laughing at him and he's there chest beating like, you know, he's making a point where everybody's just goofing on him. Everything. <laughs> Well, I thought it was funny. I saw the comments on, on the latest episode where, surprise, surprise, he did uh, Minute Work, Business as Usual, right after we did it. Yeah, but, right after we did it. Oh, what a coincidence. But he said he recorded it a long time ago. He's just putting it up now. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well, I, I loved in the comments. Uh, this guy wrote back saying he enjoyed the episode. He goes, but you need to cut back on the cussing and all, and, and you know the bullying and stuff you did in the beginning. And he, he guy goes, I would like to listen to this at work. To which Terrence responded, What's work? <laughs> <laughs> Speak English. What's work? Yeah. What, what, what yeah. does work mean in English? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what's work? Uh, that didn't sell a lot of copies. I never heard of it. <laughs> Yeah, listening to our episodes, and oh, I ignore them, I block them on everything. That bitch is like constantly like viewing our shit. And, and man, he, he talks about shit about our show. I was like, wow, I forgot we talked about that. But it's in it's ingrained in his head, you know? And, and, and what I don't get, like in this latest one, he goes off way more on you. And I'm 10 times worse to than you are. So I, I, I don't I get step it. up my game. <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't deserve all the shit you get. I do. <laughs> well, it, it's probably a YouTube thing, you know, since his YouTube is like complete crap. It drives them nuts how I'm doing, you know. I'm sure it's not. But I encourage everybody, you know, subscribe to Terrence's channels and every time he posts a video, hit that dislike button. Because it just, you know, I one do. step closer to the edge. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, but Terrence I, do, Terrence, I do it more than Ian. I got multiple channels, okay? Ian only <laughs> does one dislike. I do way more dislikes. So go ahead. <laughs> now, is that is that good, Ian? Am I getting that? Yeah, I, I, I do like he's got uh, the infos for the for the videos. He says if you if you hit a dislike or leave a negative comment, you will get sued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I, I think that's in his main profile. Like, the main thing you see when you go on his page. Hey, if you just like my shit, I'll sue you. Fucking morning. I, I feel so bad for all, like, the ambulance chasers that live around him. Because you know he sits at home all day and watches, like, you know, Maury and Jerry Springer. Uh, you know, he sees these commercials. This is not a lawsuit against the company you work for. Yeah. And then, you know, he just calls them up, hey, these guys, they're, they're being mean to me on YouTube. And I worked with them once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't quit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, quit. I didn't get fired. I quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit because I couldn't, I couldn't stand those guys. Where in reality is, please don't fire me. Sign a petition, everybody. What happened to that petition? It wasn't even, nobody even made one. 
Because <laughs> everybody wanted him gone. You know? <laughs> the guy oh. is fucking terrible. If you want to listen to Terrence Reardon and Friends, a better version, listen to Redbeard. You know, because that's all he does is he imitates like the Redbeard and, and go re- read Wikipedia and little CD booklets. See, well, me, and Ian, me and Ian, we do it right. We talk from our heart. We don't need little notes and shit and drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's when the truth comes out. <laughs> you see how horrible it is not to be on drugs. Listen to Terrence. Do drugs, kids. Or you'll be like yeah. But I, I do recommend, you know, when he does a video, put it out, listen to the first 15 minutes where he bitches about us, and then shut it off. Yeah, oh no, come on. I, I know I do. I ain't listening to that goddamn review of Emerson Lake and Palmer. Oh, my favorite part of his rant was when he when he attacked you saying, Oh, Ian says I only talk about albums that sold platinum. Well, if that's the case. I I reviewed a David Gilmore solo album, and I reviewed a Roger. All these people that were in platinum selling bands, you know. <laughs> Why not Marino, uh, dude? Oh, that's right. Frank Marino never went gold. But let me tell you something. Frank Marino, if he play, if he had platinum albums, you know, Ian, that guy would be talking about it. Yeah, he'll talk about him now because he was in a band called Mahogany Rush. And Mahogany Rush is what his mother got up her vagina all the time. Oh, man, Ian, that's true, because his mother's a fucking whore. You hear me? Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. His mother was a fucking whore. Oh! Oh! She's a dead whore now. That's the best kind. They're cheaper that way. Hey, don't give Eric any ideas, man. He's still got that virginity Oh, go Lord. finally get a job at a morgue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think he's he's been a catcher. He just hasn't pitched yet. Yeah, yeah. he's been a catcher <laughs> but... to, to Gilmore CDs up his ass. <laughs> that did all oh. platinum. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, I loved all the talk about what a Christian and a good person he is. And then before he went on his Jew attack too, the schnozzes. Yeah, the schnozzes. I, he's like, I'm not prejudiced, but I'm, I'm going to call him the schnozzes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to wonder if it ain't an act. You know, it's like, <laughs> nobody can be this stupid. But then again, you see, I, I said this on one of my YouTube videos again. You know, before the internet, remember we would bump into that one psychotic fuck here and there? Now it's like, you go on the internet, psychotic fucks from around the world. You can watch. You can watch daily, you know. Where, where back then it was like, oh shit, a psychotic fuck, and you go on your way. Here, man, you got a, you got them hammering you. Oh, oh, Ian, I gotta bring up another idiot. This dude. Okay. Uh, and you probably know more than I do. I, I vaguely know the guy. I vaguely right. know. Him. His name is Scott Norris. You know who that is? Scott Norris. Yeah, he's the guy he used to make all those keyboard videos. Yes, him. That was yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that guy has been following me around, Facebook attacking me. And I was like, God, I kind of know this guy. So I went on his profile, which we're not friends. He's in front of me, obviously. And I clicked on message to see if we ever corresponded with each other. And I saw the, it was, a, you know me, I'm infamous on, on Facebook of not reading messages because I don't have a messenger right. on my phone. And right. when I get Facebook, there's like 50 messages. I ain't reading all this shit. 
Well, he sent me a message that I didn't read, so I checked, and it said something to the effect of, hey, Ralph, I'm sorry I said so-and-so during, I don't know what it was about, but he was apologizing for something he said. And I replied, but the thing is, I don't even remember this guy, but then I saw him, I was like, man, he looks kind of familiar. Dude, that guy was following me around these, like, you know, I'm infamous of, of being, you know, I, I work for me and you, Ian. I go on <laughs> Sammy Hagar Van Halen pages and attack Sammy Hagar. I do it for us. And uh, and he was following me around attacking me because obviously he's he's a Sammy fan. That shows a lot of yeah. that. And yeah. uh, I put up a picture of that infamous, that one of my favorite Van, uh, that Hagar meme, which was Van Halen, more like Vangina, right? Right. I put that up and he replied, that's sexist. <laughs> and then some stupid Hagar ugly twat fucking bitch was like, I agree, Scott, that's sexist. And then I wrote this on the rock and metal page and then it was a whole flood of people leaving comments how that guy like stalks chicks online and he was even going after Bob Reed's girl, remember her? Yeah. <laughs> he was after uh, rap, but then again, I was too. But, you know, I was rapping to her in a way where it's like, yeah, you know, at the time I thought it was Bob Reed's chick. I wasn't thinking anything where he took it even further. He was trying to bang her, you know, knowing that Bob Reed, even though it was fake, but still, you know, it was Bob Reed's girlfriend. And, uh, and uh, other people. And then he recently went on Mark's page attacking me and he said something to the effect of, uh, I said, no, I said, dude, you're a creepy dude. There was a whole thing about you. And then he goes, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're going to listen to Johnny Vogan and Bob Reed. I was like, dude, Johnny Vogan and Bob Reed weren't even part of that thread. It was all these other people that look at you as a fucking idiot. Well, anyway, I just want to bring him up. Scott Norris, what a fucking fool. Pickle whistler, a dickling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he, he was right about that post because you, you know, even people with vaginas uh, probably don't listen to Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and I will give uh, this idiot some some. Um, I'll say something positive about Scott Norris. Uh, Terrence is worse. <laughs> there. Yeah. So keep trying. Yeah, keep trying. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> you ain't no Terrence. I know Terrence. You are no Terrence. All right. Well, we don't have any new iTunes reviews, but we do have a new Podbean comment. Uh, this For an old episode, this must be somebody going back and checking out the oldies. Um, this is from Dell1972, and he's responding to episode 103, Kiss Crazy Nights. Ooh. That was a classic episode. That's a great episode. With the one and only Bill Wang and uh, Chris Sinzak, if, I, if memory serves me. My favorite line in that show is when Bill says, Hey, man, Chris can't help it. He has a horrible, shitty last name. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Wang, motherfucker. Bang, bang. Yeah. We got we to gotta get Bill back on the show. Yeah, right of there. course we do. We definitely do. But uh, he commented, he said, love this episode. Well, if you love that episode, check out the rest. There's yeah. a lot of good ones. Even some kiss ones here and there. Just avoid the ones with Terrence. They'll suck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now let's get into the news. Man, man we got, got a lot to talk about. 
First of all, let's see who all died since the last time we recorded. Uh, fuck. Uh, well, Terrence didn't, so you know. This no, is, no. Yeah, this no. Is sad news now. No, no, and his dad's still alive, so he's got some records oh, coming this month. But but his whore mom is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oldie but a goodie. Um, but no, uh, the dude from uh, Depeche Mode died, the keyboard player. Ray Liotta died. And uh, somebody else from a band died. Oh, um, um, Alan White from Yes. Yeah, Alan White from Yes. And then today, uh, Ronnie Hawkins died. Who is that? Was, who, who, Ronnie Hawkins? He was big in uh, the 60s in Canada and stuff. Okay. Uh, the band that played with uh, Bob Dylan, the band, Robbie Roberts yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they used to uh, be his backing band and played with him at the clubs, but he was real influential back in that scene and, and especially in Canada. Uh, so pretty good shit, just good old school rock and roll type shit. Um, but yeah, they all passed. and uh, I hope they're all going up to heaven, man. If any of them go to hell, I hope they get to bang Terrence's whore's mom because she's yeah. fucking in hell. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's sucking Satan's Scaly cock. <laughs> yeah, so so there's an upside. No matter where you go, it'll all work out. So don't worry about it. Live your life. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so what do we got here? Uh, Klaus Mine from the Scorpion says, uh, Wind of Change has lost some of the meaning uh, with all the shit that's going on now in Russia. And I, I believe they're changing some of the lyrics now when they perform it. I was hoping maybe they just stop performing the song. Yeah, man. I just got me Scorpion tickets. I hope they don't play that fucking song. I, I, I think they they almost have to at this point, though. You know, I didn't see them play it the last time. What, Rat? That's the last time I saw them, their, their quote-unquote farewell tour. They didn't play Wayne right. Change. I was happy about it. Oh, wow. That'd yeah. be nice. I, I still need to listen to that new album, man, but I've heard nothing but good shit about it. I, I can't stop listening to it, Ian. I'm still... I'm still that and the new ghost I listen to constantly. Constantly. Right, well, I, I guess I, I... Well, definitely, I gotta give Scorpions a listen, period. That that ghost, I guess I'm gonna have to give another chance to. I really didn't care for I that. mean, I, honestly, I mean, look, everybody's got different tastes, but man, if you like Blackout and Love Drive, damn, I mean, how can you not love this new Scorpion? It's so retro-sounding. It sounds like it could have been off those two albums. And Animal Magnetism, it has that vibe, man. Damn, that's, that's a bold statement, man. Uh, I, dude, I like it more than Love at First Thing. I really do. Wow. Well, that's, then I definitely... It has, some, it has some clunkers for me, man. Crossfire, I'm Leaving You. I mean, I thought that album was half... You know, it's, it had some good shit. Don't get me wrong, but... But this new one, there's not a bad song on it, man. Even the bonus tracks are awesome. All right. Well, I will check it out. Uh, there's a new Kickstarter campaign to uh, erect an, a, a statue of Piggy from Voivod oh, in his hometown. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, they even have, if uh, you go on Blabbermouth, they got a little, you know, a picture of what it's going to look like. And uh, uh, it's Piggy, <laughs> you know. But that's awesome. I would love to see this uh, put yeah, up. Man. Love, love Voivod, and you know he's from uh, a province in Quebec, Canada. I'm not even going to try to say the fucking name of it, but uh, I, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know how much it costs to do something like that. I imagine 
probably more so just to get permits, you know, to uh, to put it up and everything. But I think that would be awesome, especially being a Kickstarter thing, you know, the fans helping to get that done. So Yeah, that's I, I, I just looked it up, Ian. His town translated in English is be nice or get the fuck out. <laughs> Sounds Fuck. like Canada. Yep. <laughs> oh, let's see. All oh, right. Well, we talking of uh, uh, Kickstarter, the Paul Viano thing. I don't know if that was on your list of things to talk about. I did not see the Paul Viano. Well, oh no, it's not a Kickstarter. There's uh, oh. look into it. There's you can buy some DVDs and a really cool shirt of you know classic Viano, uh, made in Viano, and it goes to his medical cause. Nice. I did see a video of him performing uh, from a wheelchair. Yeah. And I, I thought he sounded good. Me too. I thought it was fine. Phantom of the Opera was a little rough, but the rest was fucking off. And it wasn't bad, Phantom of the Opera, but I think he did the other songs even better. No, I, right. saw, I saw Paul Diano back in 2010, and then he was standing, but, you know, I met him afterwards, and he's in the couch in the back. Oh, man, my knees. You know, he was complaining about his knees. But he was yeah. amazing that night. And I wasn't expecting him to be amazing because, you know, I'm such a fan. I was like, fuck, man, I got to see Deanna at least once, whether he sucks or not. And he was fucking fantastic. I mean, really good. Murders in the Room, Mark Charlotte Hardy. He did those songs really good live, man. Remember Tomorrow. It was fucking amazing. Nice. Yeah, I was impressed. I thought, you know, the band was kind of so-so. But I thought vocally I was... Wasn't expecting him to sound as good as he did, and I, man, I'd love to get a chance to see him. I doubt that's going to happen now, but huge Deano fan. And I saw that video they posted of him seeing uh, Steve, Steve Harris. Yeah. yeah, like the first time in 30 years. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and there's a picture cool. of him with Rod Smallwood. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Wish him nothing but the best, man. I hope, uh, no pun intended, he gets back up on his feet here soon. Yeah. Uh, love to hear anything new he has to do. All right. Well, let's go from somebody who sounds good to some people. Holy shit, do they need to get off the stage? Let's talk about the steaming pile of shit that was Creatures Fest. Oh, boy. And I'm not just talking about Vinny here, I'm talking about. Peter Chris sounded like shit. Don't know the fucking words. Ace, but you know, letting the other band members play everything pretty much. And when he does do a solo, fucking hacking it up. I mean, it was a stinking performance all the way around. The only one I really can't say nothing bad about is Kulik. I thought Kulik did all right, but man, all this footage I'm seeing is just. And I, you know, I wanted to be honest about it. If somebody did good, I'd be like, okay, that wasn't too bad. I did see some footage of Peter Chris. Um, I think it was something prior to this. And I thought he sounded good. I, oh, yeah. He got up on stage with some band in uh, New York or some shit. And uh, he, he did his best solo song ever, You Matter to Me. And did some other shit. I was like, hey, he don't sound too bad. I, I gotta admit, and, uh, but man, all the shit from Crew Fest is, or Creatures Fest is horrible. Yeah. Man. I could have went for free, and Oh. I'm talking yeah, plane trip, 
hotel, everything for free. And I said, no. But you want to hear something funny? Uh, I got a Vinnie Vincent autograph. And not, <laughs> not that I asked for it. And it says to Ralph. And I'm like, if only you knew which Ralph it was signing that to. Wow. So, yeah, I'm getting that sent. It's already sent in the mail. I should be getting it to you. Well, somebody must love you to pay what the fuck he was charging. No, this person... You know what? I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Yeah, it's something I shouldn't talk about. Uh, but, um... Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I was, um... This person, by the way, was sending me clips as it happened, the Vinnie Vincent thing. And you saw the video I put up, right? About it? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. She, she sent me that clip of that, that rent-a-cop chick slapping the phone out of that person's hand. Who, yeah. who who actually ended up leaving a comment on that video going, I'm that guy, that bitch that slapped the phone out of my hand. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. I mean, it's total Vinny Vincent, though. It's to be expected. Vinny Vincent was scheduled to play the whole set list of the Rio show, the Creature of the Night Rio show. He was supposed to do all that with a band. That was what was supposed to happen, right? So all this Creature stuff, everybody's filming. You know, all this footage you saw of Ace and Peter. But with Vinny Vincent, number one, he started playing before they opened the doors. What the fuck is that? And then people are running in with their cell phones out and they're getting slapped out of their hands because nobody said you couldn't film Vinny until he was on the stage. And holy fuck, what was that? <laughs> uh, dude, I'm telling you, man, Bon Jovi does better. Uh, Ace and Peter, uh, everybody. You look at what Vinny Vincent did. Holy fuck, dude. Are you serious? And, dude, here's the most saddest part of it all. You know, I didn't watch it all. I only seen little clips, but I did see the final clip when it was all over and Vinny came off the tank. And, dude, the saddest shit ever. The whole crowd. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. <laughs> wow. Holy shit, dude. And that fucking wig. You know, Vinny Vincent should look at Ace Frehley and say, hey, you know what? There are better wigs out there. <laughs> oh, man. What a sad crowd, too. Yeah, and, but you and... know what? Say what you want about Ace. That's a cool-looking wig. That's the best wig any member of KISS ever had. That shit's even better than Gene's animalized wig, which I thought was neat. Uh. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm looking at that crowd, and you know, I, I feel horrible saying this because we we all have friends who were there. Oh yeah, we all have listeners that were there. <laughs> but oh my God, what a sad crowd of people gathered to see that shit. Ugh. Like oh oh, and oh, did did you see the clips of Jericho's band playing? <laughs> yeah, I saw. Oh, uh, Heart of Chrome. Was it Heart? Whatever the fuck. That song from uh, Hot in the Shade. Sil Silver Spoon. Uh, Silver oh. Spoon. Oh! <laughs> How the oh fuck my did you polish that term? And then, oh, I was dying seeing this, that Paul Stanley commented on, like, uh, you know, the MP3 version, the studio version of their cover. And uh, said it was amazing, and he said by far his favorite song off of Hot in the Shade. Wow. Silver Spoon. My God. That guy's a twat. That, Chris Jericho is such a twat. He really does believe his own hype. The way he interviewed, when they interview him about Fozzie, how great Fozzie is, how great they're doing, 
and you know, uh, oh Judas. I mean, Judas did good, you know, but man, does he ever milk that shit? Like, oh, we got this many downloads and this and that and that and this. It's like, dude, it sucks. It's it's so oh. you know you know what it is. It sounds like that modern shit. That you know, you remember modern shit in the '90s, like Crazy Town and you know, Silver Chair and all that crap. Right. You know, that's what this is going to sound like in another ten years. Dated crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you see he was wearing like a, a replica of Paul's shirt from the uh, uh, Let's Put the X in Sex video? Oh, wow. No, I didn't notice that. Oh, and he was he was dancing around the live footage from from uh, from the show. He was dancing around like Paul and shit. Oh, it was so bad. Dude, the, the, oh, this was really bad. I saw a karaoke clip of these two kids there. And this one guy, this one kiss nerd is wearing, uh, is is uh, playing a, a plastic guitar. And dude, he does the exact same dance Paul does. And let's put that successfully, he's like waving, but going sideways. You know that, you know that dance? Oh, oh, you must, you must send oh, that to And I wish I could find that again. I did see and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm trying to think what song they were playing. I think it was a, actually a good kiss song, but, but still he was doing the little dance and you got to see this guy. This guy, <laughs> this guy hasn't seen vagina since the last time he fucked a girl was on horseback. <laughs> oh my God! Reagan hasn't met Nancy yet when he lost on this guy got laid. I mean, this was pathetic, dude. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I'm very successful on YouTube because of this fucking band, which the dump, dude, fuck Pantera fans, the Slayer fans, Kiss. Quats are the worst. The worst. <laughs> they take it way too fucking serious. Oh my god! I, and I'm so proud of, of Chris Senzak for not going. Yeah. Uh, I texted him today. I'm, and I was just like laughing. I'm like, so you regret not going? He's like, nope. And and poor Chris, he's taking a lot of shit for for not going and for calling Kiss out on some bullshit. Man, he's taking a lot of shit online. Good. Yeah. Hey, hey, join the club. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I told him, I go, you know, the let the healing begin. You know, it's, it's not easy for us kiss survivors that came out of this fucking cult. You know, I feel like people who escape fucking uh, Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> great way, you know? great way to put it. I mean, this is the closest Scientology. It's a bunch of Tom Cruise motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, and if you say anything bad, oh my God. Which I do weekly. <laughs> and, and, and for it. Oh man, you should have seen. I mean, uh, the, that video I put up of the Vinny man. I mean, like everybody. Oh my God, it's atrocious. Give me a headache. Then there was those odd three, four people. Let's see you play like that. Vinny rules. He's back, baby. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody put Vinny's back, and he's got an ace in his deck. <laughs> And I, I thought that was horrible too. That you got Vinny up on the top of the thing and Bruce and, and Ace down low. I'm like, yeah. oh my god! It's, it was just so disgusting. Like, and no band, a fucking backing track, even vocals in the backing track. Oh well, if you listen to any of these fuckers perform, that makes perfect sense. They should have. It, it should have been a total lip sync, except for except for Kulik, except for Kulik. Kulik can still play. I gotta ask you though, is he fucking bald? What's with this fucking yeah. bandana now, yeah, twenty yeah. years on? Yeah, well, 
Fuck, I should tell you. No, fuck it, I'll tell you on the air. Fuck it. Because of okay. information, but off the air, I'll tell you who told me. He, he, yeah, he was complaining about losing hair even back in the union days, and he had plugs okay. in. He did have plugs uh, in, but, uh, you know, I guess the plugs are falling out. He's wearing that shit again, you know? Uh, I, I mean, I got, I got nothing against Bruce. He seems like no, a real nice guy. He is a nice guy. I, I met him. He was cool. Uh, you know, and, and to me, he still has ability, something that the, the, everybody else here was sorely lacking. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I watched, I was watching some of it right before we started recording. And I was watching Strange Ways and Hard Luck Woman, and it was sad, dude. I was actually, it, it, as, as much as I wanted to goof on it, I was embarrassed for Peter, Chris, and Ace. I, I thought that was just, it was really fucking bad. And 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 these the mistakes I'm picking up is not something where you can say, well, it was recorded on a phone. You know, it wasn't about the quality. It's about, you don't even know the fucking lyrics, uh, you know, starting the song in the in the wrong spots and stuff but it, i mean it was just it it was horrible and was this at one of the same places we had rock and pod i yeah, think it was, it was the same hotel uh, the uh, same one we did the the last one at no, or the one before the one before okay i i mean oh, man and and that that it would have to happen there tells you everything too i i mean don't get me wrong, though that place was great for Rock and Pod, but we even outgrew Rock and Pod outgrew that place after the third one. <laughs> you know? And oh man. And 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 the money that people spent at this thing. And I, I saw I saw what Vinny was charging. I saw to sign Kistry now he's charging a thousand and I'm laughing because he charged mine for free, you know, at a KISS Expo. You know. Uh, just ridiculous. Yeah, sucked. I'm oh, glad I go, but I had no intention to. Yeah, and 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 again, man, I I can see why. You know, Gene and Paul aren't really going out of their way to bring these guys on on this farewell shit because I they'd embarrass themselves. Nah, I man, mean, like they don't embarrass themselves enough now. No, they no they do, but I I mean. Compared compared to what those two were doing, I mean, I, I saw some footage of Ace from like a couple months ago, and I was just like, oh man! And you know, he's got a great backing band. Well, I did they were, Ace with Alice Cooper, and it was really really good that night. Man, I I, I saw one that was. I mean, the, the singing was terrible. Even for I mean, Ace doesn't have a great voice, but you know what I mean. It's just it was, and I, I'm being you know I'm I'm not like going out of my way to goof. It was really. It was really bad, and right. and they just got these young guys just carrying them, man. But Peter, I was I was I was most sad for Peter because I at least wanted to hear that voice. I love you know, I love that voice. But that's strange ways. Did you watch that yet? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, oh God, it's sad and and uh, hard luck woman wasn't much better, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's just rough. I I'd rather, you know, I I've seen all these guys and I've seen them play better. I'd I'd rather have that memory than, than seeing any of this shit. You know. Well, let me talk about what I've seen. I've seen three shows since uh, we've been gone. Yeah. Uh, I saw Skid Row with Warrant and Quiet Riot. Man, Quiet Riot's awesome. Really? 
Jizzy Pearl is a great front man. And yeah, they did every song you'd expect. They opened the show and, you know, Rudy's a master, man. And it, it was just really, dude, I highly recommend, go check out Quiet Riot just for a fun night out. Yeah, you're not going to walk out saying, I saw Quiet Riot. But, you know, go see Rudy Sarza do those songs. And Jizzy Pearl is, oh, and the drummer is... Uh, Johnny what? Kelly. Yeah, from, from Typo Negative. Great. Yeah. And guitar player Alex, they were great. They were tight. Warren came out. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's what you'd expect. You know, I went to the... Because I'm all the way up front with my friend Greg. And he likes Warren. So he stayed. And I said, dude, I'm, I'm not going to stand up here for Warren, you know? And it was at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater where the security was very lacking, you know? Dude, I honestly, I, I literally walked to the front and one of the security chicks said to me, you got a ticket? And I kept walking and she didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept walking. And, uh, and that, dude, Skid Row, holy fuck, dude. This fucking guy was better than Sebastian and his prime, dude. I even came home and watched them do Living on Chain Gang in 91 because there's a certain note that Sebastian hits on that song that's like the highest note he ever hit. And he couldn't do it live in 91. Dude, this dude did it flawless. He's still a goofball on stage. Horrible stage presence, but <laughs> it's not like Gary Sharon bad, and it's not right. like Janet uh, Gears bad. It's goofy, but after a while, it, you know, don't get me wrong, it remained goofy till the end. But after a while, it was kind of like, hey, it's kind of funny, man. Look at this dude. <laughs> He's like, chicken. And dude, he nailed it, dude. I mean, uh, honestly, it's, dude, it's one of the greatest vocal performances I've ever seen in my life. This guy is just a fucking machine. And he's a little fucking twig, you know? Yeah. And, and then I heard like five days later, somebody told me he was fighting the flu and he's 60% cured of cancer. He's not out of the woods yet with this cancer. Damn. And he had the flu that night. And I was like, no fucking way. And he's like, can you imagine if he didn't have the flu and he was 100% off uh, the cancer treatment? You know, it's like, wow, amazing. So then two days later, Pat Benatar played the same venue. And security was a little more tighter, but not tight enough for me to get all the way up to fourth row. I just couldn't get up against the stage. Oh my God, I, I watched Pat Benatar and all I can think was, why the fuck have I never seen this woman before? She's so good. I mean, so good. Her voice is just, and it was like hit after hit after hit after hit. And she was nailing it. She has great stage presence, great little raps between songs. And her husband, Neil, which, you know, he deserves to be Pat Benatar Neil Giraldo. Motherfucker's been there since the beginning. Flawless guitar player. One of the greatest guitar sounds oh, yeah. I've ever heard in my life live. What a tone. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this guy should be billed with Pat Benatar. He's been there since the beginning, been loyal to the chick, and he's fucking awesome. And he was awesome. He played a little piano when she did We Belong. Oh, my God, I got chills. And, dude, Hell's for Children, my favorite Pat Benatar song. Fucking nailed it. Um, you know, everything. Heartbreaker. She didn't do Shadows of the Night, which I love that song. Oh, yeah. wow. And Fire and Ice. Those two songs she did not play. Oh, but man. Everything else that I knew she did. Um, and uh, so then I went to go see Striper, your favorite. And uh, 
Uh, this time, my friend Danny bought me VIP seats. So I got to meet Striper. I sent you a picture. Yeah, I saw the picture. <laughs> so the way Striper was, you wear your mask and you can hang out with them. But then when it was time to take the picture, you could take your mask off, but they're going to go up on stage and you're going to be you know, on the floor. But anyway, I'm hanging with them. And I told, you know, I, I had a little text conversation with Chris the night before, uh, Simzak, and, uh, you know, about Rock and Pod. I'm going to meet Michael Sweet. So I said it to him. I go, Michael, I met you. And uh, I interviewed you at Rock and Party. He's like, ah, you know, guy didn't remember me. I go, yeah, yeah. Chris would want you back. Oh yeah, I would love to be back. And then while I was walking away, he goes, hey, wait a second, wait a second. Are you the guy that had that co-host that you refused to interview me? <laughs> that, that when he talked to me, I said, oh shit, this guy's definitely going to hell. I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Oh, you had me for a minute. <laughs> and uh, dude, they played 19 fucking songs with no opening band. And it was, you know, it was fucking awesome. They didn't do the whole. See, the last time I saw Striper, I was a little pissed when Michael Sweet prayed for us at the end. Like, don't pray for me, motherfucker. You know, I dude, don't worry about it, man. I, hey, man, if, it, if I have to go to hell for having my ass licked, so be it, you know, but he didn't pull that shit, but they threw out Bibles, which I haven't seen him do since the 80s. Uh, he didn't do no Jesus preaching shit. They did a lot of deep tracks from the old and the new days. It was a night with Striper, and Michael Sweet was hitting all those high notes, and it was fabulous. Now, my friend Danny, who I love dearly, but he's a little wacky, he says to Michael Sweet, he goes, hey, Michael, are you going to replace Paul Stanley? <laughs> oh, my God. And Michael was like, no he was like no they're gonna get some young guy they would never want me to do that like all right and uh yeah so so i saw three and they were all great all fantastic shows except for warren did warren like i like uncle tom's cabin and when they played that it was kind of weak and then they ended the show with cherry pie and let me tell you something cherry pie they did it perfectly it sounded just like the album so you can you can imagine how horrible that was to witness that, <laughs> they, did, they did that perfect, but now Uncle Tom's Cabin. I thought it was so weak and so con contrived. You know, it just it just was not good. And, I I saw him once, and and that that was with Robert Mason. I never saw him with Janie Lane. I thought they were good, but I was <laughs> drunk, you know. But I don't hate him as much as you do either. So yeah, yeah, it was it but, was pretty weak. And you know something weird about Pat Benatar? No merch. What the fuck? Wow. Yeah. You fucking go to a show with no merch. I've only been to a couple shows like that, but I remember both times I was like, whoa, you don't have anything? You know? You mean like like touring bands? Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I've seen some live shit where they just didn't have anything. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. Wow. But uh, how was the turnout for Pat Benatar? Was it pretty good? Yeah, it was better than Skid Row. Those, those Skid Row, I thought, was going to be a disaster because... It's an outdoor venue, and it was rainy that day, but when we got there, there was a tarp. Uh, not a tarp. They built a roof. It's still outdoors, but with a roof. But it was still raining, and a lot of people didn't show up. But, dude, it was weird. It was, like, empty when Quiet Riot came out. And by the time Quiet Riot was done, the whole place was packed except for the side, the, the top side. So it was yeah. extremely well turnout for Skid Row. I didn't think they were going to bring in that many people. You know, especially during the day, because we were outside looking for tickets. 
you know, to, uh, you know, get some cheap tickets, and we did. We got thirty dollars tickets to nosebleeds, and we're against the stage the whole show. You know, we're all the way up front. So yeah, and somebody filmed the whole thing, uh, which is they they showed on Blabbermouth, like oh, watch Skid Row at uh, Pompano Beach. So yeah, I, I, it was great. I look forward to the new album. They did play the new song, and it still hasn't grown on me. It still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But that's uh, phenomenal, dude. He was phenomenal. Uh, so have you heard the new Death Leopard yet, other than the uh, the singles? Have you checked out the album at all? Nah, man. I ain't gonna do that shit. Fuck that. I, I just have zero interest in Death Leopard. And even my mur- my morbid curiosity made me check out the first couple videos. And I was like, why? And the whole time I'm listening to this video, like, why am I listening to this? I mean, it's been what forty years since, yeah, eighty. Well, eighty-three, the last good album I liked from them. But it's almost go, it's going on forty years since they've done anything good. That you know, I mean, I tried hysteria, I tried adrenaline, I even tried slime, and that's what it was like. Okay, that's enough. No more of this shit. <laughs> oh, I made uh, somebody donated for me to do. Oh my god, the, dude, this album made hysteria sound like fucking high and dry. Their album oh. called X. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> I had to fucking put that against Hot in the Shade and Hot in the Shade won. Oh, oh. man. Yeah, <laughs> my God. I was sat through that Def Leppard going, dude, it was, dude, I'm not lying. They were trying to be literally a boy band. It was boy band music. It was unbelievable. I remember when that came out, I had a friend who, like, he, he stuck by Death Leopard. They were his favorite band in the 80s, and they just remained his favorite band. And he even didn't like that one. I've never heard it. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I, I downloaded the new one just to check it out. But, of course, I haven't got around to it. And I'll put that even farther back when I have, like, you know, good new albums like the Scorpions to check out. I'll make sure I get to that before I... Mm. Waste my time on the Death Leopard. I wouldn't open uh, the Death Leopard files, dude. <laughs> that would be something funky in them. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, so Iron Maiden kicked off their uh, oh, the what a 2022. Sex, yeah, uh, man, and what I'm surprised is this is supposed to be, you know, kind of one of those retro tours. Dude, it's but a they, lot, like the the last time I saw uh, Iron Maiden. It's it's a lot of the same songs, Flight of Icarus, Revelation, all these songs that are, they did on the last tour. It's like really, why can't you throw out you know some more obscure shit? You know, like fucking I don't know, like uh, uh, Children of the Damned, and you know, Quest for uh, you know what, what's the last song on uh, To Tame a Land? You know, throw yeah. some of those out, man. Stop with this shit. Yeah, and uh, and what sucks, you know, they got. Uh, was it like four songs off of Shitsitsu or whatever the fuck that's, it's called? That's what starts the show. Yeah, they're playing. Yeah. All my friends are going. I was like, have fun. Yeah, they're playing. Yeah. They're not coming down here. I wouldn't have gone, dude. With that set list, it's like, dude, you're doing shit I don't care for. And and, and you know me, I like some of Sijitsu. They didn't play none of the songs I like off that goddamn album. You know? Oh, so- and then they, then they brought back the horrible Blood Brothers. Oh, God, I hate that song. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was the, oh. I think that's the only song that's new in the set list, other than the new song. 
Yeah, and, and then they only play 15 songs. And for the last fucking, what, 30 years the uh, of the regular set, you always know it's Fear the Dark, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Number of the Beast, and Iron Maiden. I, I mean, so out of your first set list, everybody knows what the last four songs are going to be. And then they play the, these horrible, and, and they're long-ass songs where they could have fit like, you know, they take out all these fucking overbloated songs like Blood Brothers. They could fit like three or four more classics in there. Uh, just... But you know, Maiden fans, they'll love it. They'll eat it up. They're like kiss tarts. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. But the thing is, I, I saw some clips. I thought they sounded good. It's just what they're playing, man. There was you this know. one Maiden Twat on YouTube. He, you know, he was at the show, on the South America show. And there were two Eddies that came out. One was like a Samurai Eddie, and, which was kind of cool because that Samurai Eddie was doing these poses that, dude, never Eddie, dude, Eddie just clunks on stage, you know? This guy, right. this guy was good. He was doing all shit. But then another Eddie came out. And uh, and if you look at the shirt that they're selling, it's two Eddies fighting each other. This Maiden Twat was really mad because they didn't fight each other. They were both on stage, but they did not fight each other. Oh, <laughs> That's the only bad thing he said about the show. Blood Brothers was great to him. Oh, man. Uh, what else? Oh, I saw something on, the, uh, on our Facebook page today. Somebody posted a Motley Crue tribute band. I saw it. And I and I wanted, you know, of course, I'm like, who in the fuck would start a Motley Crue tribute band? But I saw they were dressed up like, you know, uh, Shout of the Devil era. So I'm like, let me give it a chance. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was, but still not Motley Crue. I mean, to me, tribute bands, uh, I'm a little iffy on them, dude. Yeah, but I would rather go see this band. And, and, and this guy sounded like Vince Neil on Shout of the Devil. Well, you know, I'd ra- I'd rather go see that than Motley Crue live. Yeah, well, if I had the choice, you know, if that put a gun to my head, I'll go to the tribute show. But yeah. I wouldn't want to go to either, you know. <laughs> yes, I got offered a free ticket to stadium show, which will be here very soon. You no, know, yeah. I'm not uh, You know, that yeah, Flappard said, said we're going to be heavy on the new album in the set list. It's like, yeah. Oh no. Oh, well, well, look at it this way. If it's not, they're going to be heavy on hysteria on the set. Either way, it's going to suck. Mark Mark Alden Taylor, our resident fucking uh, whiskey snorter, he he put up a question going, if Pete Willis is so good, what has he done since Def Leppard? So I said, he did what what Def Leppard should have done. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, if Death Leopard's so good, what have they done since Pete Willis? Exactly. You know, that, oh, oh that's his argument more important question. Hysteria. And whatever, whatever garbage I'm sure he likes after that. I'm sure he likes the new one. I bet you anything he does. Well, you know, Terrence said that Hysteria sold a lot of records. Yeah, I'm sure he had the 40th anniversary episode. Uh, but did you see that? He won't review on through the night, that's for sure. Oh, no. Did you see that they are making a Spinal Tap sequel? I'm crossing my fingers. It's as good because there's no way it's going to be better. You know, I'm just crossing my finger. It's as good or close to as good as the original. Because you cannot top that original. I'm sorry. 
And I'm not the one that's, you know, that said shit before seeing it. But, dude, Spinal Tap is so perfect. You can't better that. Right. But I do like uh, the premise that they're putting for, you know, for the movie and stuff. It sounds like it could be, it could be good. I mean, and they're all great, you know, comedians. So, I, I, I you know, we all know that the other Spinal Tap albums were nowhere near the music from the first one. But this is a little bit, you know, different. I think they could come up with some great jokes, and as long as they took, they they better be good. But uh, and Rob Reiner's coming back for it too, so I, I'm I kind of have a good feeling about it. But yeah, you're right; it'll never top it. But let's get into the album, and we were supposed to have a uh, a guest for this one, but he couldn't make it, and he said he's very busy. Uh, Ed Ed Hooper. And uh, it's a shame. He's from Scotland. That would have been fun to listen to. Quit playing uh, with yourself, Hoopa. <laughs> Hoopa drives the boat, Chiefy. Yeah, but, I got some <laughs> nice city hands. Counting all that money. <laughs> got your radar, your sonar, electric toothbrushes. <laughs> I don't uh, need working class hero <laughs> But uh, Ed Hoopa. He picked uh, he picked another weird one for the show, but not necessarily if you're a fan of the show because then they would know your love for this band, and that is Oasis. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I knew you didn't have to study this fucking one. But I listened to it today anyway. Yeah, yeah, I love this album. I don't think there's a bad song on it. I love. Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I forgot who it was I was talking to not too long ago saying, you know, it's weird. Oh, yeah, it was Cowboys From Hell. It was Ryan. He goes, Cowboys From Hell, there's not a bad song on that album, but it's not my favorite uh, Pantera album. I feel the same way about Oasis. There's not a bad song on this album, though it's not my favorite. My favorite doesn't does have bad songs. Ain't that weird? Uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense because whatever's the, you know, the songs that are great on that are so great to you that it... Yeah. it yeah, that it that it wins, but that's curious because that was an, a question I was going to ask you later in the episode, but you already answered. I was going to ask you: Is this your favorite? Uh, it should Oasis be. Album? It should be. Listening to it today, I was like, they were firing on all cylinders, man. I mean, it was it was just a perfect storm. It really was, and yeah, it even became it was their biggest selling album here, you know, and and but you know. In Europe, it was a whole different story. They played Nebworth, like, I think three days in a row, where they could have played seven days if they wanted to. They sold out. I mean, they were the biggest band in Europe at that time. They were just huge. Oh, yeah. This song is so catchy, but I might as well say, you know, Oasis is a funny band to me, because, as you know, I'm a huge fan, but initially, I didn't like them. I heard Wonderwall, and I wanted to punch my radio. I hated that voice. I just couldn't stand it. Then I heard, um, what was the song I heard? It was uh, Champagne Supernova. That one I liked. I was like, damn, this ain't bad, you know? And then after that, I saw Don't Look Back in Anger, and I ran out and bought the album. I was like, fuck, at least it has two good songs, because this song is amazing. But <laughs> then I heard the whole album, and I became an instant fan. Then I went back and bought uh, the Definitely Maybe, and this was before Be Here Now. So I was already fully on board because of Champagne Supernova, it took the second album to do it. 
I might have heard Live Forever and Supersonic off the first album before, and it didn't do much for me. Now I love them. Uh, but yeah, this, this album, and you know, most people, if you talk, you know, most people gave up on Oasis after this album. Because then they got, you know, they, they got a little bloated on the next album. I do love the next album, but I mean, they even admitted they were they were so fucked up on cocaine during Be Here Now. And there was a big uh, hype about it, you know, it didn't live up to the hype. And that's when the downfall started. But then all the albums after that, they had great songs, man. And, uh, yeah, and, and I have a hard time. I, I feel like Standing on the Shoulder of Giants and Be Here Now are my favorites. And they do have some really shitty songs on there, you know? But this one has not one shitty song. They're all great. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there are obvious fillers on it, you know, the ones that aren't meant to be played live and shit, but I still love them. I still love, I don't know, maybe also Timeline. It's my first Oasis. And then I came around to Wonderwall in the context of the album. I really like it, you know, but... I like more on this album. There's more songs. There's a lot of songs I like more than Wonderwall on this album. Hmm. But you go ahead, Ian. What, what's your deal with Oasis? I don't even know. <laughs> you're, like, well, you're like a casual fan, right? I remember you yeah. liked Wonderwall. When we went to see Noel Gallagher, you were like, oh, yeah. he plays Wonderwall. So I knew you liked that. Right. Well, I I loved it when uh, when that song came out. I'd never heard of him before. I didn't know anything about the first album, and I heard Wonderwall. I was like, "Damn, I really like that song." And but at the time, it was the '90s. I pretty much gave up on pop music, aside from a few songs here and there. You know, I grew up just having such a huge affinity for '60s, '70s, and '80s pop music. But by the 90s, it was either metal or, you know, I was going back to old shit. There wasn't much new pop music that I liked. So even though I dug it, I, I didn't go out and buy it. And then you, you just didn't hear as much of them. You know, that, that second out or the third album came out, the one after this, and kind of, you know, it, they didn't get played as much. You didn't hear as much about them. So it's like, oh, I guess they're a flash in the pan. You heard more about the brothers fighting than you did hearing the music. So I, I just, I, I just never really bothered to check them out. It's just like, ah, I like the, you know, the Wonderwall song's a good one. Um, so they just weren't on my radar. I didn't hate. There, there was stuff that I liked about them though. I, I liked their attitude. I liked how fucking cocky they were. Yeah, I absolutely love how they would fight with each other, and and their interviews were just classic. How Noel would blame the prime minister to be on cocaine and then that made big news the prime minister came out in england going i want him to show me proof i never did cocaine it's this old man and shit so, <laughs> and you know they would leave you know we are the best man in the world i love that cocky ass attitude it was fucking awesome yeah i i did too and i thought it was funny because i thought you know nowhere were they anywhere near the best band in the world and then whenever anybody tries to like, you know, put themselves up with the Beatles and shit, I'm like, oh, give me a fucking break. You well, know, they, they the... never did that. That's kind of like, you know, uh, you know that whole story. You say one thing to one guy, and then by the last person, right. it's totally right. different. Yeah, I've never seen an, uh, uh, a video of them saying they're better or as big uh, as good as the Beatles, but they have like, dude, John Lennon is everything to 
Liam Gallagher. You know? And and Noel, you know, he feels like the Beatles. Beatles, David Bowie, and uh, here's another one. He loved The Who. He was very much into those two things. Right. But, uh, you know, that was just kind of the, the attitude they gave off. And I admired that because, to me, there was something very rock and roll about that. And, and something that was needed, you know, in the grunge era where, you know, the rock star wasn't cool. And, you know, there's something to be said. Like, I love how Pantera was a band of the people, you know, and how, you know, you felt, you know, you watched the Pantera home videos, you know, you felt like you were part of the band and shit like that. You know, they were just really cool at that. But there's also something to be said for arrogant, cocky rock stars. And, you know, like Axl Rose. I'm, I'm definitely not the biggest Guns N' Roses fan in the world. But man, I miss having rock stars like that. And well, I loved about Noel, or not Noel, Liam. I love that fucking little stance he does where he puts his hands behind his back when he sings. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, there's almost like an attitude like, all right, I'm going to lean over and make you peasants happy, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You know, like I'm going to do you a favor and sing this fucking song. And the way they would fight and, you know, they look like a couple of fucking poofters. But yet there was something like scrappy about him where, you know, I could see him kicking the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Even though, you know, they look like they just came from a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and what's even more sorry was, oh, my God, that the, the Noel Gallagher show that uh, we went and saw. Amazing fucking show. But that audience, what a bunch of fucking I don't know what. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've, I've ever seen that much pussy with penis in my life. <laughs> but, uh, but now there was just... You know something about them, and it, and it was kind of like a back burner band. Like, ah, I'll check them out someday. And getting ready for this is, is the first time I ever listened to an Oasis album all the way through. And and I even got their discography, and I've got like all kinds of like EPs and, and singles that have all these you know songs you can't get anywhere else. And I'm like, one of these days I'll dive into it. You know, it's never... weird, you know, it's weird about a lot of their singles and B-sides. They're better than the songs that are on the album because the way Noel did shit, it was always an afterthought. Like, they're done with the album, they're mixing, all right, let me do a couple more songs. That ended up being, like, better than any song on the album they're about to release. It ain't one of these... Right. They, they ain't a band that, oh, let's just, you know, oh, these songs ain't good enough, let's keep them with B-sides. No, they would write songs after the song. They're one of their biggest hits in England is a song called Whatever that they recorded after uh, Definitely Maybe and before Morning Glory and it became a number one hit over there. And it was just a single. It's kind of like what the Beatles did. Right. And and that's why I, I kept all that stuff because sometimes if I download somebody's discography, you know, I'll get rid of half of it and just keep, you know, the albums or some live albums. But with theirs, you had said that in the past, so I, I, I kept all that stuff and... Uh, and I'll get around to checking it out. But yeah, this is the first time I listened to it. Even after uh, we went and saw the Noel Gallagher, I got his albums, and I listened to those all the way through. I mean, I really love that that first Noel Gallagher and Flying Birds yeah. album. Yeah, great I, stuff. I, I really like that a lot. And uh, the first Liam Gallagher solo album. As a matter of fact, I just got his new uh, solo album and it's got really good reviews. I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, I, I like. Say, well, the, the, there's a third one. Uh, I like the second one yeah. even more than the first one. I love the first one. Yeah, 
Oh, I, I love that that wall of glass. I yeah, that's off that. the first one. Yeah, I love that one, and, and uh, I really like what I heard of Noel. But yeah, you know, I finally had to, you know, get down to it and, and, and listen to him. And uh, well, well, we'll see what I think. But you you are by far the biggest Oasis fan, so why don't you go ahead and take the opening track, Hello. Yeah, like I said, I ran out and bought the CD thinking, well, he's has two good songs. And when I heard this song, I was like, holy shit. This is a great opener. It's just a feel-good fucking great song. And I love... See, for me, Liam is hit and miss. There's a lot of songs I can't stand his voice. Then there's songs where I think he nails it. And he does... I mean, he nails pretty much every song on here, but this one and one coming up, he even nails better. But I love his voice, you know, it's the snotty. It's it's almost kind of like a Johnny Rotten type snarl, uh, punky, I don't give a fuck. And I just love it. I love the melodies, the vocal structure. It's just a great rocker, a, a perfect opener for this album, I think. That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, well, when it first started out, you know, the, the, the beginning of the song, they're starting to play Wonderwall. And I was yeah. like... I was like, what the, the, they're ripping off their own fucking song. What the yeah. fuck? You know, and, oh, you and know, then it's. You know, Ian, speaking of which, you, you don't know Aces. But, dude, I don't, I, I guess they got sued for this. The first album has a shake, a song called Shake Em Dude, the fucking melody of that song is identical to, I like to teach the world to sing. You know, oh, like, all the songs. Yeah. They do yeah. it. I was like, dude, really? These guys. Yeah. You hear the little Beatle ripoffs on this album, too. Yeah. But uh, I, I heard that. I was like, what the fuck? And then the song kicks in. Uh, to tell you the truth, I, I thought it was pretty bland and, and boring for an opener. Uh, I was like, oh, God, is this, you know, kind of like how you thought, well, at least there's two good songs on it. I'm like, well, at least there's the singles I know. Um wasn't impressed at all. I do like Liam's voice. It's funny, you find it kind of snotty. I find it very whiny. Um, but I like it. But, you know, I, the whole time I'm thinking, it's like, God, if I knew somebody who talks like he fucking sings, I'd slap the shit out of him after a couple beers. Like, stop whining! You wouldn't <laughs> you know? understand him. The whole song would be, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think uh, too much of the first one. Maybe it'll grow on me because there there is a song on here that I definitely changed my opinion on the second time I listened to this. I only listened to it twice, uh, but I'll, I'll take the next one. Roll with it. Now this one I believe was the second single off the album, and uh, yeah, I'll pass on this one too. And I was really surprised this was a a second single because to me there's there's some other stuff on here I definitely would have picked. Uh, you know. Some songs I would have that were singles I would have put out first, and then there's other ones that they didn't put out that I would have. But this one, uh, and, and I think this is kind of a popular song for them. But it, it didn't it didn't do jack shit for me. What do you think? No, I love it. Uh, you know, it's not a, a concert staple, so I don't think it is. A oh, okay. Yeah, but I love it. I feel a sneeze coming on. Don't you hate that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Let it go. I'm trying to, but hold on, let me blow my nose. Oh man! Oh man! Look at all that cocaine in the napkin. Hey, um, what do you call? Um, oh, I love this song. You gotta roll with it. 
You know, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record because, again, it's a lot like Hello as far as song structure, vocal melodies. I don't mind. I mean, I like Liam's voice more on Hello than on this one because here he's kind of borderline on the, the, the annoyance that, that he can be at times. But uh, I dig it, man. I dig it. Then it goes into Wonderwall, right? Yeah. Uh, here, the, this is why I initially didn't like this song because and I still think Liam is a little too, you know, like you say, whiny, nasally. Today is going to be the day. I like when Noel does it, but it's just, it's a good song, though. I mean, it grew on me now that I got into the album, you know, the, again, the vocal melody. So maybe, you know, that whole part. And it's got some great little changes that are all hooky. So, yeah, and I can understand why this is the most popular Oasis song. I do. Well, to me, this is a perfect fucking song, uh, and I never tire of it. I, I never like, oh shit, it's fucking Wonderwall. Always let it play, and and then I, you know, I think part of like a memory I have with it. I remember uh, taking my son to go see Flubber, <laughs> and he was God must have been like eight or nine or seven. I don't know. He he was young. But this came on the radio, and he was singing like he knew every word to it. And he was just singing like in this angelic little kid's voice and stuff. And it, it just, ah, uh, one of the pr proud papa moments that uh, people with kids will know what I'm talking about. You won't know. I, I'm sure you fuck kids that young. No, but, uh, actually, I, you know, I, I have peeked in windows of, you know, chicks that I knocked up. <laughs> and I saw them, like, uh, singing 50 Cent songs. No. Yeah. See, that's why. I, uh, that's why I ran. <laughs> I ran so far away. But, uh, you know, and every time I hear it, I always think of that. But I, I do. I just, I love the song. And uh, it does kind of have that, that Beatles magic. Not that it necessarily, you know, I don't think it necessarily sounds like the Beatles, but it's just got that perfect sense of melody and structure. And, uh, oh, absolutely love it. And I'll take the next one. Uh, Don't look back in anger. Uh, yeah, that's the next one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My third favorite. I'd have to say Wonderwall is probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, this would be my third favorite. I always, always like that song. The song, and um, I love, I love the chorus to it. You know, I, I think it's just fucking perfect. That. So sadly, can't wait. I, I just, I love that whole part. Uh, I really think this is good. I know uh, Champagne Supernova gets a lot of attention. I think this is a much better song than Champagne Supernova. And, and I'm not putting that one down. I'm just saying I think this one is, is much better. Uh, really, really good song. And, you know, listen to this you know like man i need to check out some more shit because if they got some other shit that sounds like this i want to hear it if they got if the rest of it sounds like hello or roll with it i'll pass but if they got some more shit like this i can definitely roll with that what do you think of don't look back in anger well you can find a lot of songs like this in their b-sides that they make albums yeah. uh noel's done you know in this vibe uh this is the best song on the album uh, it's one, probably my second favorite Oasis song overall. Um, absolutely love it. This is when I like really got into 
like Noel, because see, the thing is that Noel records all the demos, like he sings all the demos. And, you know, even back then, I remember getting all the demos for Be Here Now and, and liking it so much more. And I also got to bring up the fact that, man, I want to talk about the last time I saw Oasis, I only got to see Oasis twice. And I'm more of a Noel guy than Liam. And it was the Heathen Chemistry Tour. And they came out, they opened with Hello, actually. It was the first time I saw them do Hello, because they didn't do it on Be Here Now. They did Hello, and they, I think they did one more song. Then Liam threw his tambourine and left. <laughs> and the whole crowd, and dude, there was a lot of British people there, because the whole crowd was going, Liam's a wanker, Liam's a wanker. <laughs> and then the rest of the fucking show was Noel Gallagher singing. Talk about oh, a tailor-made wow. show for me. Wow. Well, he, did, he did the single "Don't Cry My uh, Don't Cry Your Eyes Out." You know, he did like all the singles that you know from that album. He basically they did the set list for that album, a uh, cycle, the tour, and it was all. And they threw out, which is an amazing, amazing B side, which I don't know if they played this enough. I gotta think, man. I think it was Greg Barnes. I'm almost positive he got me a bootleg of that Pompano show. And uh, they did One Way Road, which is, uh, you know, really like an, a B-side that I don't think they've ever played live. But I think it was a situation. I know it was a situation of the, you know, the deal that was going on with uh, Liam leaving that they threw out a couple of exit songs. Yeah, it's uh, definitely my favorite song and one of my favorite Oasis songs. What's next? Hey Now? Was it Hey Now that's next? Yeah. Hey Now. Hey yes, Now. Sir. Um, yeah, definitely filler. But... I dig it. It's not a skippable song to me. Like I said, I like every song on this album. This one would probably be toward the bottom of my favorites. That, this and like roll with it. But uh, but I dig it. I mean, it's just uh, I don't know if, it, if it's ever been performed live, but it, it definitely does scream filler with what's coming up and what was before it, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, we disagree on this one. Uh, this is the one that really grew on me. I kind of felt that way the first time I heard it. The second time I really liked it and kind of gave me a cheap trick vibe. Uh, even vocals, you know, kind of Xanderish in some places. But uh, I, I really dug this one. Uh, and this is one I, I'm definitely going to keep this one on my phone. That's for sure. And, and then we go into Untitled One. Or it's also known as Swap Song Excerpt One. The fuck? This could have been my favorite song on the album if they would have fucking completed this. It sounds like they were coming up with something cool, and then as soon as as soon as it starts, it's fucking over. I didn't, now, is is this something they later developed into a song or anything yeah. like that? Well, they have played it live, like the full version. There's another expert excerpt coming up. Um, yeah, it's just a jam song. Yeah, it's kind of like a little jam song. Well, I dug it. Is this what would end side one, like on the original? Do you know? Like if it was on a cassette or album? I, I've always had it on, on compact disc, but I got the vinyl much later on, and it brings a bonus track. And it's two vinyls, so I can't tell you what's what. Oh, okay. I figure the next song is the end of side one, I think. I would figure okay all right well what what do you think of uh untitled yeah i mean it, it's a little jam song i don't mind it, it it's it's a little weird to put that in there it's kind of like well, it, 
I kind of wish it kept going a little longer. Uh, it was just a little too, um, I don't know. Um, I, it's just something that I wish would, would, would have kept going. Though I do like it. I do like it. Um, then it goes into Some Might Say, right? Right. Second favorite song on the album. This, uh, this song, <laughs> definitely in my top five of Oasis this song is fucking amazing definitely a, uh, a concert staple noel's favorite off the album too and uh well mine don't look back in any and uh i just think it's a great fucking rocking song and i love liam's voice on this one this is the one where i think he nailed it the best some might say fucking second favorite song one of my favorite always songs overall fucking love it <laughs> Man, when this song started out, all I could hear is, got a little change in my pocket going jingle-ling-a-ling. Jingling? Yeah. That's what it sounded like at first, was fucking Georgia Satellites. I was like, what oh. the fuck is this? Oh, I thought you were talking about my dingling from Chuck No, Lee. no. Fucking talking about uh, Keep Your Hands to Yourself by uh, yeah. Georgia Satellites. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> well, listen, the beginning of this sounds like that, and then it kicks in and it changes gears. But uh, I don't know. To me, the chorus is okay, but you can have the rest. All the verses and stuff, th this one did nothing for me either, either time. Yeah, so I'll pass on this. But it's not as much as a hard pass as the next song is. Cast No Shadow. Holy shit. Hard pass. Songs like this is why they should have been more humble. <laughs> uh, the, the parts with the with the background singing really annoyed me on this too. There's a part where, where Liam sings and it's like a chorus behind him, like yeah, the other guys in. The... That's no, yeah. Oh my God, was that horrible? Oh, that was that was annoying to me. Like how you talk about you know metal songs that have the woo woo woo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which you put up today. I watched that firehouse thing. I was like, oh, let me look at this firehouse bullshit. Oh, uh, with the wall woes in that one. Oh, everything, everything I hate about hair, hair rock, butt rock was all in that song. It wasn't firehouse. It was house, house of lords. Oh, same shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but this is what you know. I'm I'm not the ballad guy, so this is already at a disadvantage. But uh, yeah, this this did nothing for me. But that part where Noel sings, you know, echoes what he says, was really horrible. And I like Noel, but yeah, did not like this song. What do you think? Oh, I fucking love this dude, dude. But I, I'm I'm more of a ballady guy. I love I love that little. Ah, ah. That, that, by the way, that was we. That was me. That was not the record. And uh, yeah, dude, it's just a beautiful something I never seen them play live, which is unfortunate. Um, they knocked this off. Like I guess they, I know they did it on that tour, but not the tour after when I first saw them. But I absolutely love this song. It's so beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I like the little string instruments in the back, and you know the acoustic thing. It's just gorgeous and. You know, I feel like uh, when I say Noel is a musical genius, this is an example uh, in my world, Ian. I know not yours, bruh. 
<laughs> what, is the next one a little instrumental or she's electric? She's electric. Yeah. I fucking love this one. Um, <laughs> but but it's quirky. I love it. I love her. Oh, my. Uh, and I want you to know. Got my mind made up now. I love it. She's got a cousin. She's got one in the oven, but it's not. I, it's snotty but beautiful. You know, she's got a brother. We don't get on with one another, but I quite fancy her mother, and I think that she likes me. That's fucking pimp shit inside a little fucking. Uh, and yes, it ends with a little help from my friends. It ends with ah, uh, <laughs> such a blatant ripoff. Love it. It's it's a quirky, novelty-ish song, but I absolutely love it, Ian. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well, I put, this is some first band on the moon shit. Fuck, oh. yellow, fuck yellow Submarine. Uh, I don't know. It, it's too quirky for me. It's very English. I, I can see, you know, I, I don't know, you know. The English are a little fruity, and they know it. Stephen Kirsch will tell you. They're a little fruity. Um, yeah, it, it's too... There's something kind of nursery rhyme about the song. You know, not not lyrically. Yeah, you know, lyrically, you know, those, those are some pretty cool lyrics. But musically, it's too... Sounds like a kid's song. Uh, really turned me off. Probably my least favorite on, on the album. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I'd take Roll With It a little bit over this one. But, uh, yeah, not a fan of She's Electric. But then we go into the next song. Holy shit! Morning Glory. Now, this one should have been a fucking single. Or was it? Uh, I know they made a video for it, so maybe. Uh, yes, this was the third single. Okay. Very smart. To me, it should have been the first single. I think this is the catchiest song, most rocking song on the damn album. I really like this. Matter of fact, the first time I was listening to this, I did something rare and, and I repeated it because I liked it so much. Uh, man, do they have a lot more songs like this one? Yeah, the next album has a song called My Big Mouth that's heavy yeah. as hell too and I think even better Oh, man. Uh, and, and, you know, for people who don't know this, by saying it's heavy and it's rocking, you know, it, it's not metal, you know, but I'm saying for these guys, it's a pretty, like, heavy kind of energetic song. Uh, but I really, really, this one, I would say is my second favorite, but it's not much, uh, not much far below Wonderwall, man. I really, really dug this. And, and this kind of got me you know, back into the album again and, and, and got me excited for like, maybe I need to check out some more of these guys. I mean, I really, I felt that strongly about it. I thought it was really good. What do you think? Yeah, definitely a kick-ass song, uh, heaviest song on the album. And it is, I mean, this came out in 1980, you call it metal, you know, cause that's, that's what it was hard. It was a very hard rocking tune. And, uh, yeah, I love it, man. I absolutely love this song. Uh, What's well, this? Uh, Chain to the Mirror on the Razor Blade. See, I love these fucking lyrics that this guy comes up with. And look, no disrespect to the dead, and maybe you're a fan. I don't know. 
But this is shit that Scott Weiland wished he could have wrote. Because Scott Weiland was writing shit like, like uh, tripping in the hole of a paper cup. And, <laughs> and, and what's another one? Lady Picture Show. All these, I don't know, try hard. Hey, look, I want to be like, you know, picture yourself on a boat on a river type shit. Where, <laughs> you know, strawberry fields and, you know, marmalade skies, all this shit. Scott Weiland tried where these guys... I, you know, I, of course they got the influence of the Beatles, but their lyric, the, the his phrasing of it, nothing makes sense with these guys, you know. Uh, but, but just uh, the pictures, like Dio, what Dio would do too, you know, chained to the mirror of a razor blade, um, you know, it's about blow, obviously, but it, it's in a clever little way. All your dreams are made, you know. It's just really cool. Uh, you know, just a wordsmith with these really with a really heavy, you know, song to it, and you know what? And Noel again in the background. I love it when he's like, you know he's like, "What's the story, Morning Glory?" And Noel's in the back going, "Well," you know. Yeah, yeah, just, no, it works yeah. good on this one. Yeah, uh, I love it, and I do love Noel's voice because uh, I really like his solo stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, they're firing on all cylinders on this one really good yeah noel does a great verse. you see the thing is he down when when oasis does demos it's always noel on vocals um i love it um what do you call uh but you know no no more different than the other one it kind of like also goes away too quick into the like the little bubbly noises for the last track but yeah it's cool you know it's just a little instrumental yeah, uh, I like it. This one to me is more more of a soundscape than the first one was. You know, the, the, this one has definitely like more background noise and stuff. Uh, but again, like right at the end, I mean, these are only like forty second songs. But uh, you know, towards the end, they go back into that jam, which I'm just like, oh, there's something there, you know. Uh, but you know, hey, it's it's kind of cool. It's weird. I'll take it. And then it goes into the last song and the fourth single off the album, Champagne Supernova. Um, I like this one, not, but this one does suffer a little uh, like overkill for me. I remember here, th this one I did get a little sick of by the end, but I, I do appreciate, you know, it, it is a great song, but I've just heard it a little bit too much, so it's lost is some of the luster and i was reading up on the song and i thought it was funny that that one critic told him that there's only one thing keeping this from being an all-time classic and that was the lyrics and he was like well you know what are you talking about and he talks about the line where he says uh slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball he's like he's like what the fuck does that mean and, and then it's one of those things like I've heard the song a, a million times, but it never registered. I probably sung the lyrics, but it, you know, like almost like subliminally. And then I, I read out loud, like, "God damn, that's some Sammy Hagar shit right there." You know, it, 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 it makes no sense. And then I found out that the lyrics were changed at the last minute, and then that's what he came up with. I, I guess just to make a rhyme, but but he was. There was a threat of a, a a lawsuit over the original lyrics, so they changed it in the studio at the last minute to 
slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. But now that I know that, it kind of, okay, now I get that it doesn't make sense. But uh, the original lyrics were, Terrence plays with rubber balls and his mother never calls because she OD'd while we were getting high. Yeah, yeah. He was going to get sued by the great Terrence <laughs> and friends. <laughs> and friends. <Mustang>. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to teach you guys so we're doing a lesson. <laughs> Remember when Terrence said, you made fun of my friend calling him Mushmouth. <laughs> well, I did too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, Terrence's mom's dead. Um, but yeah, well yeah yes, yes. Yeah, well known to her. Uh, but no, it, it is a great song great song i just have a little bit of burnout factor uh but i appreciate it for what it is i still stand by i'll take uh don't look back in anger over this but apparently you will too because that's your favorite song on here uh but no great song beautifully written good good way to end the album and it, it does come off great live i mean he played it when we saw uh no played it when we saw him and uh, you know of course everybody was fucking singing along and that was uh, a point in that article where the guy's giving shit about the lyrics and basically says, I don't give a fuck because I can go out on stage and 60,000 people sing along and they're very happy with it. So he didn't care what the other the guy had to say about the lyrics. But uh, yeah, great one. Good way to end it. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's, just, it's what got me into Oasis. When I heard this on the radio, I was like, oh, fuck, this is a good catchy tune, man. Uh, no, it didn't make me run out of Bali album. It was Don't Be- Look Back in Anger. When I heard Dell's two in a row, I was like, fuck, I need to get this. And I've become a big fan ever since. So this is kind of like the song that opened the gate, and then the next song made me buy the fucking discography, really. You know, it, you know I own a lot of those singles. Not all of them, because there's so many. But I bought quite a, in, quite a few imports that are pricey for singles. And... Right. Uh, <clears throat> I own every vinyl that they release, official vinyl. Um, yeah, I, I'm just a big, big Oasis fan. Like, um, uh, you know, mainly, yeah, I mean, because all this that we're talking about, it's all Noel. Noel yeah. wrote everything. He wrote everything. Right. You know, later on, Liam threw in some really good songs. He, his first his first attempt was really bad. Uh, a song called Little James about his son. Ooh. But then yeah. he wrote a really little ditty called Songbird that's beautiful. It's just him and an acoustic guitar, you know? And then later on albums, you know, Liam had more to do with it, but Noel still was like, you know, the mastermind. And it shows because when Liam left, uh, Oasis formed a band called Beady Eyes. And right. yeah, I know a lot of people like it. Oh, that shit was painful for me. It was like them trying too hard to be the Stones. It just yeah. didn't work. But his solo shit sounds like Oasis. Love it, you know? But yeah, Champagne Supernova is awesome. And I'll, I'll have to check it out because I actually have the uh, three-disc version of this. And uh, it's, you know, the regular album. Uh, and then disc two is all the B-sides. It's like 14 different B-sides. Um, and then there's a third disc of Rare Tracks, which is a lot of live stuff. Oh, actually, as I'm looking at the set list now, because, uh, like I said, I, I just listened to the regular album for the review... They do have Swamp Song, a five-minute version of it. So oh, I'll, have to, 
And they also do a cover of Come On, Feel the Noise. I can only yeah. imagine. No, that's not that good. They do it like Slade. Um, yeah. And now that now I think about it, yes, they released an album called Master Plan, which is a collection of B-Side, not all of them. And Swamp yeah. Song is on Master Plan, the album. Yeah, the B-Sides, it has Talk Tonight. Love it. Acquaintance, Head Shrinker. Uh, Aqueous. Aqueous. Oh, I would say that is the heaviest Oasis. Oh yeah. And and Noel and Liam trade vocals on it. Uh, uh, great song. You know who loves that song? Somebody you love. Oh, Ruben De La Rosa. Yeah, he's a big fan. He he loves um, Aqueous and Big Mouth. What I was telling you earlier is kind of reminds me of Morning Glory, the heaviness. Yeah. That's his two favorite Oasis songs. And Aqueous is a uh, Awesome, a concert staple that was a B-side. You know, uh, one of the best songs. What else? Right. Well, it's uh, a head shrinker. Yeah. It's better people. Rock and chair. Step out. Underneath the sky. Come Good. on, feel the noise. No. Uh, around our way. The swamp song. The master plan. Boneheads. Bank holiday. Uh, a different mix of Champagne Supernova and a cover of You Gotta Hide Your Love Away by the That's Beatles. That's funny. It, it doesn't have sad song, right? Uh, not on this collection, no. And let, let me check. Uh, the thing the... is, the vinyl of Morning Glory, they put that in the middle of the album. Sad song. Huh. Yeah, no, not on it. And it's not on the, the third disc either. Well, the master plan, that song is probably their greatest B-side. That song's a masterpiece. Well, I will check that out. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's for Ed Hoopa. And this was released October 2nd, 1995. This was the biggest selling album of the 90s in the UK. Uh, I think it went quadruple platinum here in the States. And let's see what it did over in uh, England. Because these guys were... Jesus, they were fucking huge. Yep. Uh, let's see. In the UK, it went 16 times platinum. Fucking hey. But compared to what ours, you know, uh, like ours, it's quadruple platinum, which means 4 million. Uh, 16 platinum in uh, United Kingdom is 4,800,000. So. But, I mean, it makes sense. They're a smaller country. Yeah. So, but I mean, th- this thing is just you know, gold and platinum and multi-platinum all over the world. I mean, it's eight times platinum in Canada, six times in Denmark, eight times in Australia. Wow, eight times platinum in Australia is a little over what a gold album is here in, in the colonies. Interesting, interesting facts you learn here. Yeah, they were, they were, I mean, I thought they were awesome all the way to the end, but, you know, uh, and I, here they were just a flash in the pan. Yeah, and I saw, I saw some reviews where people were saying they said their last album was their best since this one. I don't know if you, if you dig out your soul. No, I, I would think that's my least favorite out of all of them, but I still love it. I love okay. everything they've done, but it's my least favorite out of all of them. Okay, well, there you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shock of Lightning. Uh, falling Down. Falling Down is kind of like 
they're ripping off a little bit of Tomorrow Never Knows. It's like the same drum beat throughout the whole song, but it's so good. It's such a good song. I'm telling you, he's a fucking genius. I don't care what you say, Ian. Ah, as he fucking sold a soul, it's like pride. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll take your word for it because you talked me into going to see the Knoll show, and I'm so glad you did. I uh, thought it was a fantastic concert, and I was... You know, I talked about it many times. I was sick as a dog and still enjoyed myself very much. Uh, so I need to set the time aside and check out some more because I, I know it sounds like I didn't like half this album. Well, I really didn't, but it might grow on me. But the half that I did like, I liked a whole hell of a lot. So. I think you'll like the beginning of uh, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. It's an instrumental called, called Fucking in the Bushes. That's very swamp song. Oh, okay. Very, even heavier than Swamp Song. Much heavier. But, well, uh, I, I like it already. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out, man. And uh, But, you know, like a lot of my favorite Oasis songs, I know you won't like. Because if you don't like some of the songs that you mentioned on here. But then there, if you dig Morning Glory and uh, Don't Look Back in Anger, there's a lot out there in that vein. That yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I Everything that I heard from Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds or whatever it is. I liked everything I heard from that. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for you to sing the song. You know what song that is, Ralph. It's the only time that it's cool to say Ian before Ralph. Pick of the week. <laughs> All right. And my pick of the week, I had to change it because I realized I had picked the album uh, before. I was kind of you know, I was sticking with bands that sound like the Beatles, and I was going to pick ELO uh, uh, Discovery. But I was like, oh, I think I picked that before. So I decided to go with another band uh, that definitely has elements of the Beatles. In fact, they even did a whole song of nothing but Beatles covers. Um, band I love a lot called the Smithereens. And they were, you know, start out like on college rock radio. They, they had probably their biggest hit in the States. Uh, was their third album, Eleven, the song Girl Like You. But, man, they've got so many great albums. Unfortunately, the lead singer, uh, Pat D'Annunzio, passed away. I believe they still perform, but I, I couldn't imagine seeing them without him singing. So, uh, But, man, especially for you, Green Thoughts, Eleven, uh, Blow Up, all great fucking albums. The, the Beatles one is, is really good. Because it's all shit like off the first couple Beatles albums. Nice. And, I, and I, I thought that was a neat way to go. And they sound so good. I mean, the harmonies and the music, they really they really nail it, you know. And uh, again, an, in, an interesting take, you know, when it'd be real easy to do, you know, the, the Drug Day Beatles that most people are familiar with. Um, but uh, definitely check out the Smithereens. Just go on YouTube and, you know, Check out Blood and Roses or Only a Memory. You know, there's all kinds of great fucking songs. Uh, really good band. That is my pick of the week. Anything by the Smithereens. Right on. Mine has nothing to do with the Beatles, Oasis, or none of that shit. It's a uh, very grimy thrash that I got in the mail the other day from none other than N.E.J.C. Dracula from Transylvania. It's a big hit in the vampire community. <laughs> <laughs> I 
what, one of my favorite lines of all time on this yeah. fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he sent me a vinyl of a band called Sarcasm, and the album's called Crematory. And man, it's 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 way. I think it's a reissue because it's from way back in '87. It's like this dirty. Not I wouldn't say dirty thrash, but it's thrashy speed metal. And uh, it's fucking awesome, man. I never heard of these guys. And it's funny because I posted it on Facebook going, man, this album I'm currently cranking on. And this guy like left a comment going, I thought I was the only guy I had it. And he's holding the album too. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Somebody else knows me. But uh, I want to thank Dracula, man. Uh, and this, looking at the album now, it's like, dude, there's an autograph on here. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't notice that till right now. Like a silver sharpie autograph. I wonder who that's from. Um, but uh, Dracula, can I send it back so you can get the rest of the guys autographed on here? It is a great album, and and uh, it brings in a little, you know, a little paper with the band, colored glossy paper with a little story about the band. It's good shit, man. I was very, very impressed by this. So thank you, Dracula. The name of the album is called uh, Crematory, and the name of the band is sarcasm and you can find it on youtube you can check it out there too good speed metal shit uh thrashy awesome stuff my pick of the week nice nice all uh, right I, I have an outro song for for pick of the week you want to hear it yeah all right now it's time to say ralph before ian you motherfuckers that's the end <laughs> of, pick of the week uh, it's catchy yeah i like uh, all right, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And I got to say, I got two fans this week. But first and foremost, uh, we got uh, to thank Ed Hoopa. And, uh, man, I, I wish we could have worked this out so he could be on the show. Uh, you know, we've had a couple people who who just said, like, now's a bad time. But, you know, we know you want to get the, the fan episodes over with. And it's very gracious of them to do that because... You know, we would have waited, but uh, and I'd like to offer to anybody, you know, who's done it yet or might do it in future ones that we got. If you can't record with us at the time, or you 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 know you, you don't know when you can, we'll go ahead and do yours. And at a later date, if you want a guest on another episode that we do, you can do that free of charge. You know, we ain't gonna charge you to guest. Maybe we find something else you like or something else you hate. And you want to shit on it with us, you know? That'd be great, too. No, but, well, uh, I don't want to study crap. Make it good. <laughs> Make it shit I know. Request Holy Diver. We haven't done that yet, have we? I know. I know. Man. Shit like I, that. Holy Diver would be good. Something like that. that. Oh, I'd love to do Holy Diver. We'll do it once these donations are done. Right. We got to put but, that at the bucket list. That's got to be the first one we do after the donations. But, uh... You know, I, I was looking at Ed. I was trying to see because I, I know the name, and I know we're friends on Facebook. But then I, I was looking to see some posts from him on the Facebook page, and he's not on the Facebook page. And I'm wondering. I was like, "Oh man, you know, did he get into it with Ralph?" So I looked at people that are banned from the page. That was funny. I haven't done that in a while. We've got more people banned from the page than most people have on their page. <laughs> But in, in all fairness, I would say 80% of them were fake profiles, you know, or probably somebody who tried to sell something on the page or, you know, some shit like that. But uh, Ed wasn't bad, but I'm wondering, like, 
like did he leave because we just took too long to get to this episode <laughs> you know because that that name sounds familiar to me yeah i know i've seen it around and uh and like i said it was very nice of him to you know i i wrote him that we were doing it and he just said go ahead so i really appreciate that but yeah i i know i know you dude come back to the page come back to the page we did your review <laughs> yeah but uh but thank you very much for your donation again man he gave us a 60 dollars one and that's amazing and maybe in the future when your calendar opens up a little bit more you know we can work something out especially i love you know he's from fucking scotland and i love when people outside of america listen to this show and, and get our sense of humor and get what we do uh it, it really does mean a lot so thank you ed no especially since you hate the scottish people it's great that you still like no, that's the French I hate. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> oh, same shit, different, different accent. <laughs> yeah, I want to be hated too. <laughs> but uh, you know, another fan of the week I, I had to mention, and I talked about it earlier in the show. But the passing of the great Tommy the Cat. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Was on on so many episodes, adding his unique talk <laughs> to him. Uh, I mean, it was so fun. I had people write, God, I can't remember now who did it, but they said they were listening to the show in the car one day and they had their dog in the car. And as soon as Tommy started talking, the dog went ape shit. <laughs> 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 Tried to find the cat. And uh, and he was a good uh, good cat that I rescued off the streets. And uh, he, had, he had a damn good life. And, uh, but, you know, when he got sick, sometimes... You know, let this go out to all pet owners. Sometimes you keep animals around longer than you should. And, you know, if, if they're having ailments, I know you don't want to let one go. But, you know, this this poor guy had, had a stroke and, you know, was like shaken and just was in a bad way. And I did the most humane thing I could do and uh, and put him down. But he, he was he was part of the show. He'll, he'll live on in infamy in the episodes. And I want to thank everybody for the nice condolences on his passing. It means a lot. And... Yeah, it, it is sad. And you know what's also sad? I mean, not to bring any light to this, and I'm not trying to make a joke here, yeah. but Tommy the Cat on this show, people loved more than an actual human called Terrence. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He had he more brought, He brought more realism. <laughs> yeah. And, and we understand Tommy... Tommy the cat's mom was not a fucking whore. Yeah, and Tom was a big fan of the Jews. Yeah. You know, he loved the Jews. He didn't mind anybody in an SUV. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, and it, and if you're losing a popularity contest to a cat, shame, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> Sean Morris rules way better than Terrence. Do you agree there, Ian? Yes. Yes, Sean. I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, the greatest video, Sean, like, like bitching out there, and it's either his wife or his mom on the side. He's a jerk. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you gonna do? Hit me with a Six Babe CD single?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean Morris rules. You suck, Terrence. You can't yeah. get that Oh, yeah, and I also want to bring up the fact that Terrence always talk, calls us immature in high school and then follows it up by saying, which way did he go, George? Like, 
Look, those guys are like that Bugs Bunny cartoon, which way did he go, George? <laughs> we're, we're, we're... <laughs> These guys are like high school. Well, you're more like element, pre-elementary, motherfucker. You're fucking out there doing fucking Bugs Bunny fucking the fuck. Yeah, and contrary to popular belief, Terrence, Pig Panther thinks we're cool, okay? <laughs> oh, man, you, we're, we're in for a world of hurt now. <laughs> the, Come on, the, bitch us out to our viewers like you always do. I, 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 I love how he starts his show. The boss is back. Doesn't the boss involve having a job? Don't you have to have a fucking job to be a boss? <laughs> I, I can't have a job. I have an elderly dad I have to take care of. Dude, my dad's 87. I don't have to take care of him. Your dad's a pussy. <laughs> an elderly pussy. My dad's my dad's all man. Fuck yeah. 87 still fucking running around, fucking being wacky where his dad needs assistance. <laughs> his dad's probably a shut-in because every time he leaves the house, we're like, hey, that's the waterhead's dad. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me, I'm dog sitting a dog now, and you know, I went, I went to start. I left this poor thing here for ten hours, but you know, I gave it a hell of a walk. By the time I left, it was on the ground, like gasping for air. But anyway, when I get home, like even if I go out for half an hour and I come home, this dog goes fucking nuts when he sees me. Don't you think it's the same thing at Terrence's house? When his dad comes home, Terrence is like jumping up and down. Yeah. Wagging, and, his, wagging his tail. You know he has a tail, right, Ian? Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, enough about that douchebag. Come back next week. And don't let the haters bring you down. Yeah, don't let the <laughs> haters bring you down to the divas. <laughs> the divas, the high school divas. Which way I did he go, George? Which way did he go? I quit. I wasn't fired. Yeah, who's fired, man? <laughs> Please sign uh, the petition and let me stay. What petition? <laughs> Everybody was throwing around a petition. Get that shit away from me. We want this guy off the show. <laughs> it was Roe Ro versus Wade versus Terrence. Versus, versus Cribs. <laughs> and the, Mar uh, the Mark and Terrence experience. <laughs> And then the parents reared in and friends. Oh my God, that guy! That guy's had more projects than fucking Steve Vai. <laughs> oh, well, come back next week when uh, we get back to some metal. We've had some what some minute work, some Beatles and, and and Oasis. We're getting back to some metal, but it might not be what you call metal. When we talk about Life of Agony, that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bang, bang, pizza skulls. Terrence, your mother's a whore. Big whore. All metal, no penis. <laughs> Big veiny cocks in that little white hole. <laughs> <laughs>